0: Welcome everybody to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. Good morning. I am Ken Tuck. I am thankful that you've joined me today. I hope you are having a good weekend and I hope you are ready to study the Word of God this morning. Today, we are going to talk about sharing your faith. We're going to look at scripture and talk about some different ways that we can share our faith, when and how to share our faith. So I hope you are ready to dive into the word this morning. Before we do that, let's go to our awesome Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names, the only name by which we can be saved, the name of Jesus Father, we thank you for this opportunity to open up your word, share your word this morning, Lord. I pray that your word will bring encouragement, Father God, encourage your people to share our faith with others, to tell others about you, Jesus, so more and more people can have opportunities to give their lives to you. And I pray that those listening today who don't know you as their Savior and as their Lord... I pray today is the day that they call out to you, Jesus, and give their lives to you and experience what real life is all about. Because Jesus, you are life. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. And I just ask you, Father God, that you would bless this time, that you would be glorified through it, and I ask you to give me the words to say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to teach us this morning, lead us into all truths, and I pray that we will be doers of your word and not hearers only. And Father, I also want to lift up those this morning who are sick. We know a lot of people are struggling with different kind of ailments right now, Lord. The coronavirus is still out there, and a lot of people have it. Lord, there's a lot of people who have the flu now, bronchitis, and all kind of sickness going on, Father, sinus issues. So God, we just pray for healing in the name of Jesus for each and every person. And pray, God, that all of these illnesses, Lord, will, the viruses, everything will, Lord, will fade away. And Lord, help those at the hospitals and the doctor's offices. Lord, those who are doing their best to take care of people. Lord, give them strength and ask for your protection upon them, Father God. Father, we thank you that we can come to you at any time about anything and you hear us. And Father, we thank you that you work your perfect will in our lives. God, you know what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. So, Father, we just ask you to guide us, direct us, have your way. Lord, we love you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. My prayer this morning is that this teaching will encourage you as well as challenge you to share your faith. If you are a follower of Jesus, then he commands us to tell others about him and to make disciples. Last week, we talked about witnessing. This week, we're going to talk, it's more about witnessing We're going to talk about sharing our faith with others and just get into some some ways we can do that as well, some examples, and of course, get our greatest examples from Scripture. But I just want to encourage you, tell somebody about Jesus. 90 to 95% of Christians have never shared their faith, and that's a sin. We have the greatest gift ever given to mankind. We have the cure for the worst plague to ever hit mankind, that being sin, and the Cure the answer is Jesus, and we must be sharing our faith in Him with others. And I want us to understand that we should always be ready to share our faith with others. First Peter chapter three verses fifteen through sixteen. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So Peter is telling us here that we should always be prepared to tell somebody about our faith. He writes there that to be prepared to tell anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. This world is filled with hopelessness. So when people see somebody who has hope, they want to know the source of that hope. And we can tell them yeah i remember one time when i was working at a newspaper and one of the ladies who worked there she was going through some tough times in her life and she came up to me and she said ken i want what you have so i was able to talk to her about jesus talk to her about my faith in jesus and she had already of course knew that i did trust in jesus and she wanted that kind of relationship with jesus so i was able to lead her in a prayer to give her life to jesus And it was just an an awesome time. But you see, when people see you living for Jesus, they hear the way you talk, they see the way you act, they're going to be drawn to that. And when they start going through something, you're the one they're going to come to. And so you should always be ready, Peter tells us, to tell people why we have this hope within us. And I also am so thankful that he wrote, yet do it with gentleness and respect. That's how Jesus, when we read about him, he has gentleness, he has respect for others. And really the only ones who he got irate with, well, it was a holy anger, was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, those holier than thou types of people. But to everybody else, Jesus was very compassionate with, very humble with, and that's how we are to be, gentleness and respect. And when we show love and His love is working through us, His love draws people to Him. When it does, we need to be ready to tell people about the hope that is within us and why we're able to love like we love. And when we share our faith with people, we don't need to wait until they come to church because you know what? Most people are not just going to show up at church. They don't come so they're not going to come unless they're invited. And sometimes you have to invite, invite, invite over and over again. But the key is we need to meet people where they're at, not wait until they come to church to listen to the pastor preach a message. We need to meet them where they're at and share our faith with them right there. And we have a great example of that in the Bible, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 38. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So here we have this Ethiopian, he had come to Jerusalem to worship, so he was obviously seeking, he was interested about God, and as he was heading back, he was reading the prophet Isaiah, but not understanding what he was reading. So Philip listened to God, and he went out and met this Ethiopian, and met him right where he was at, in the Ethiopian's chariot. And when the Ethiopian asked him about this scripture, Philip explained it to him, and he quickly used this situation to tell him about Jesus, because that's who Isaiah was writing about. And he told him the good news about Jesus, and the eunuch believed, and he immediately was baptized. So you see, we have to share Jesus with people where they're at. It may be at work, it may be in a store, it may be at a coffee house, it may be with a family member. But we need to meet them where they're at. Don't wait for them to come to church. Meet them where they're at. Share Jesus. And then you can invite them to church. And if they don't come the first time, invite them again. But again, do it with gentleness and respect. And chances are, if they don't come right away, they eventually will. We have to share our testimony. Our testimonies are so powerful. Because as I mentioned last week, if we're sharing the gospel with somebody who doesn't know anything about the Bible or very little... And we're talking about Peter, talking about the Apostle Paul, John, Jesus. The person that we're talking to, chances are they don't know a lot about those people or who they even are. So they're not exactly real to them because they don't know them. Now we know they're real. We know that Jesus is the Son of God. We know that he is the Messiah. We know that Paul was a great apostle and Peter, a disciple of Christ who became a amazing apostle as well. But these people that we're talking to really don't know that. And so we need to share a testimony with them because they know us. Even if we aren't friends, maybe we're strangers, but they can see us. They can touch us when we shake their hands. They can hear us. And so we're real to them. And our testimony is going to be powerful and really, really minister to them. And the apostle Paul, he was so wonderful in so many ways. But he was so wonderful at sharing his testimony. He loved to share his testimony because that changed his life and changed his course of eternity. And God used him to write about three quarters of the New Testament and therefore change the eternal destination for so many people who have read what Paul wrote. And of course, that's through the inspiration of God our Father because it's his word. But Paul shared his testimony. It didn't matter where he was at. In Acts chapter 26, verses 4 through 23, he shares his testimony and he shares it to King Agrippa. So, see what I said? He doesn't care who he's talking to. It could be the poorest of the poor, the richest of the rich. He shared his testimony and he broke it up in three distinct categories. And this is how our testimony should be our testimony of being saved, giving our lives to Jesus. The first part that I'm going to read is. Paul's life before Jesus, and then Paul tells about his conversion, and then he talks about his life after Christ. So let's read that first part, Paul's life before Christ, beginning in Acts chapter 6, verse 4. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee, I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priest, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. This is Paul before he met Jesus, and you can see he was not a very nice man at all. If you were a Christian, he couldn't stand you. Matter of fact, I think using the word hate would be appropriate here for his feelings for Christians. And he wanted to punish each and every Christian he possibly could man, woman, child, it didn't matter. He wanted to punish them, he wanted to arrest them. And as he said, when those were killed, he cast his vote. And when we read about the first martyr, that was Stephen, who was there? Paul. He was Saul at that time, but he was there and he was approving of Stephen being stoned to death. So that's the first part of his testimony. So think about your testimony. If you're a believer in Christ, what was your life like before you met Jesus? And that's your first part. The second part is when you converted, when you gave your life to Jesus. And here's Paul's conversion story. Picking up in verse 12. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Paul meets Jesus and he tells the story to everybody. This is his moment of salvation. This is the moment that his eternal destiny has changed. And he has given his life to Jesus and he is living for Jesus from this point forward. So he talks about where he was at and what happened, how he gave his life to Jesus. So think about your conversion. Where were you? What was going on? I was in my car when I gave my life to Jesus, taking a girlfriend at that time back to her home after a church service. And I wasn't saved, but I got saved in that car. I remember it so clearly. I gave my life to Jesus and he changed me. He saved me. He forgave me. He turned my life around and I started living for him. Hadn't been perfect all these years since 1989, but I can tell you this, he changed my life, and he has saved my soul, and he is my Lord, he is my Savior, and I love to tell my testimony. So Paul goes to part three of his testimony, and this is life after Christ. Let's pick it up at verse 19. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision But declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Paul had a clear transformation in his life, didn't he? He went from persecuting Christians to preaching Jesus. (laughs) That is a transformed life. So in our testimony, there needs to be a transformation. People need to see that there's a transformation in our lives, and there should be and our lives should continually be transforming. If there's not a transformation, then we need to go back to meeting Jesus, part two, and make sure we get our lives right with him and let him transform our lives. So let's share our testimony, what our lives were like before Jesus. And don't spend most of your time here. Too many times people get so much into what life was like before Jesus that it kind of becomes like they're glorifying that part of their life. Well, so we don't want to do that. We want people to know how we were, who we were before Jesus, but let's move on to when we met Jesus, when we gave our lives to him, that conversion, how, when, where, etc. And then thirdly, what has your life been like since Jesus? And again, there should be a change. There should be a transformation. So our testimonies are very important. And then people ask, well, where should I share my faith? Don't be Cautious in this. Our relationship with Jesus, that's a personal relationship. We have a personal relationship with Jesus, but we need to let everybody know. It's not something that we hold to ourselves and don't tell anybody. Too many people are silent about their faith, and we have to understand that people are dying and going to hell every single day. We must share our faith with others and give them an opportunity to share in this life that we know of Jesus because we all have that choice to make. And we need to share our faith with them so people can have that opportunity to make that choice. A great place to share your faith with is at work. I know a lot of work policies say, hey, you can't share your faith and so forth. Well, you can live it without saying a word. People can see a difference in you when you're living for Jesus at work. There's also opportunities to share your faith without coming across as preachy. Mondays, people gather together, and I remember when I worked at the newspaper, we'd talk about football, whatever happened that weekend, but there's also your opportunity right there about telling folks what happened over the weekend, in addition to football. We can talk about what we learned at church. We can talk about if you're involved with the ministry, like when I was working full time, I was still doing ministry with Love and Action, uh, volunteering. And so people knew that, hey, we were out helping the homeless and and the poor in our community. So there's something to talk about. But we can talk about things that we're experiencing in life and what God is doing in our lives. And, And we can talk about that without being preachy. And if you go on a mission trip, which hopefully soon people will be able to do more of that, because I know I am just itching (laughs) to go back over to Asia and serve with our brothers and sisters over there on some mission trips to help them reach more people who have never heard the gospel. But when we go on such trips, whether it's locally or domestically here in this country or overseas, be sure to talk about it when you get back, because it just plants more and more seeds. And the key to it all, though, is we need to live out our faith and let people see Jesus in us by the way we live and by the way we work as well, because that's so important too. If we're a professing Christian, we don't need to be lazy because then people are going to think, well, Jesus is lazy and Jesus is not lazy, never has been. And so we need to make sure we are also setting a good example by the way we work. We can invite people to have lunch or to have dinner and When I was in the business world, I had many business lunches. I can't say that I shared Jesus at every business lunch, because if I did, I wouldn't be telling you the truth. But there's times that I did, and it really impacted people that I talked with. I remember I was in Charlotte, North Carolina at a business luncheon and started sharing about Jesus and started sharing about what we do at Love and Action. And this businessman I was talking to, he had been a Christian, but he had slipped away. And he was so encouraged and so excited about what I was telling him, he was ready to start living for Jesus again. And so that was just an awesome opportunity I've been in business discussions and meetings in places like China and sharing my faith with people who knew nothing about Jesus and being able to show them John 3.16 and actually asking them to read it off of the Bible app on my phone. And just sharing Jesus and and opportunities because situations will come up. And the way that situation came up is the businesswoman asked Martha and me, why were we always smiling? Why were we always happy? Well, she asked, so I was going to give her the answer, and Martha and I both did. And we told her it was Jesus, and we started sharing Jesus with her. So when opportunities arise, share Jesus. You can really turn any conversation into a conversation about sharing your faith with others. But I mentioned the way we work is important, how we work. The example we set is important. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24, "'Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord "'and not for men, knowing that from the Lord "'you will receive the inheritance as your reward. "'You are serving the Lord Christ.'" So when you're working, work as if you're working for the Lord because really you are because Jesus gave you that job and show appreciation by working hard. And our hard work is also a great example to others. We can also share Jesus in restaurants, coffee houses, stores, wherever we go. Something as simple as smiling can start a conversation and can make a difference. Because how many times do you see somebody smile and just, it makes you smile. It's kind of contagious. And just by showing kindness to people. Folks who run the cash registers at stores, they have a hard job. People fuss at them about the prices. People fuss at them about the line being too long. All kind of situations people are fussing about. But you get there and you smile and you're kind to this person. And I often will tell people, God bless you. And I'll also often tell people, know that Jesus loves you. And you'll be surprised by the smiles that we get back when Martha and I tell people that. Because people, they really do appreciate it when you're kind. And when you tell somebody that Jesus loves you, that really makes an impact. You may get some kind of strange looks, but you know what? That's going to plant a seed as well into hearts. So be sure that we're sharing the love of Christ everywhere we go and encouraging people. It's so important to be encouraging. John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, and this is Jesus speaking, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Love people, love God. Jesus commands us to love one another. So we need, we must love one another. And his love breaks through all kind of barriers, breaks through every barrier. And his love just brings people in. So let's make sure his love is flowing through us. And We need to let the fruit of the Spirit be evident in our life. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Well, let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Fruit of the Spirit. Go over that list in Galatians 5 and see which of those fruit of the Spirit is really working well in your life, and which ones need to be worked on, and pray about that. Because, you know, if we will pray about that and ask God to help us, He will. He will. And when people see love and joy and peace in you, there's not too many people they're going to run into that has all that going. Also, somebody who's kind and good and faithful, someone who's patient, that's a real big one there, isn't it? Uh, Someone who's gentle, who has self-control. Others want to be around people like that. Not around people who are fussing and cussing and complaining all the time. They want to be around people who are displaying the love and peace and joy of Jesus Christ. Even if they don't realize that's what it is, they want to be around that. And so you're able to, again, witness more and more and share your faith more and more with people. And it's important to use what I call the FIRE method. And that's an acrostic, which if you spell the word fire vertically, the F stands for family. The I stands for interest. The R stands for religious background. And the E stands for engage them with the gospel. So when you're talking to somebody, ask them about their family. People usually enjoy talking about their family. What are you interested in? People will open up about that. You can ask about a religious background. Were they brought up in any type of, of spirituality? And some people will say, yes, I was brought up Christian, but I've gone away or you know, just hadn't been doing that lately or maybe a different religion or maybe none at all. So you kind of get an idea of their background and different things you need to talk about. And then that's when you engage them with the gospel. So fire, family, family interests, religious background, engage them with the gospel and just share Jesus with them because it's effective and it will work because more people want to know about Jesus than you think. I know we live in a world where people say, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Look, would you rather hurt somebody's feelings or see them go to hell? And the chances are you're not going to hurt their feelings, especially when, as we read earlier, you approach them with gentleness and respect even people of other faith. Gentleness and respect. Share Jesus with them. And just know that this is a lifestyle. Living for Jesus isn't about a checklist. I must do this. I must go to church. I must go to a Bible study. I must... No. Those are things that we do, yes. And it's wonderful to, to go to a, a house of worship and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with others of like faith. It's wonderful to get out into the community And help others through good works. Now those good works aren't going to get us to heaven. But those good works are an outflow of our faith. And so it's great to be in the community. And showing the love of Jesus through those good works. But it's a lifestyle. So everywhere we go we have opportunities to share Jesus with people. And when we do we see God work. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's simply living our lives with faith excellence, and integrity, and investing in others. You know, investing time is the big thing. By doing so, opportunities for ministry will arise. There's no doubt about that. And as Christians, we need to be ready to share what God has done in our lives. Again, that's our testimony. And point our colleagues, friends, families, strangers to Jesus. And then we'll be the salt and light that the Word talks about everywhere we go. And we'll have an opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus and then keep investing that time by making a disciple of that person. We're out of time. We'll pick up next week and talk some more about witnessing. But I just want to encourage you and challenge you. This week, tell at least one person about Jesus. Share your testimony. Share your faith. And you'll be so encouraged after you do. And you will have planted seeds in somebody's heart, seeds of the gospel, and just pray for that person. And who knows, maybe that person is ready to receive Christ and you'll get the awesome opportunity to lead that person to Jesus. Thank y'all for joining me today. I truly hope you have a great rest of the day and a wonderful week coming up. And I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. That it'll cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, that he'll lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.